When we face obstacles like, say, a nationwide shutdown, it's easy to get discouraged and feel stuck, and sometimes it's difficult to find a path forward. So for today's episode, I had a conversation with the ministry leader about looking past the limitations to focus on the possibilities. Get up, get up. Welcome to the Ministry Leader Podcast, where every week we explore ministry practices to help leaders leverage their limited time for greater impact with young people. I'm your host. My name's Brian. Here we go. Welcome back to the Ministry Leader Podcast. This week, we have a special guest. It's my friend, Ked Mosier from uh, Norwell Campus Life, which is a little bit south of Fort Wayne, but still in the same kind of area of the country. Ked and I met, man, Ked, was it? about nine years ago now at a YFC national training event institute, I think is where we met. That was, I think it is going on nine years this coming winter. Yeah. So Ked is, um, he's a guy that I think you should know. I am six foot two and I don't look up to many people. Um, (laughs) And I don't mean that in a, like a a mentor kind of sense. I mean that in a very physical sense. (laughs) And Ked is quite a few inches taller than me. So standing next to him, um, makes me feel a little intimidated. I'll be honest. So, uh, I try, I yeah. try, <laughs> but I think you'll, I think you'll soon discover Ked's personality is not at all intimidating. He's actually incredibly welcoming. He's incredibly fun and funny. Um, and I'm excited to have you on the, on that podcast today, Ked. So tell us maybe a little bit more about yourself. What makes you tick? Oh, for sure. Well, I am, Coming from 15 years of elementary teaching, I loved that world, just working with little kids, and um, honestly, never sought out Youth for Christ. And back in spring of 2012, we had been volunteering for a couple years um, leading up to the spring of 2012 with the old Campus Life director, and come to find out, he was stepping into a new role, and they had asked me if I would take over Norwell High School. And my response... (laughs) Well, absolutely not. I would never want to work with high school kids. Honestly, I didn't even, I thought, how do you even talk to those people? Um, But I said I would pray about it. And it was a two-month battle uh, between God and me. And come June of 2012, I resigned from teaching. Um, I accepted the role as Norwell's Campus Life Director. And here we are, just finished the eighth year and yeah. it really has been a cool journey. I'm very thankful. Wow, that's a that's a big jump from elementary to high school. Yeah. <laughs> like you skipped over all of those crazy weird awkward formative middle school years. So what's the thing that's most similar, let's say between um elementary kids and high school kids? Oh my goodness. I think one thing I learned it was probably October of that first year and You know, there I was starting to get established with this school, knew very few people, um, but you know how life goes, whether you're um, (laughs) the main guy on campus in a position or you are definitely serving as an adult ministry team leader, we are always going to have ideas and we have to learn to try to be brave and bold to act on them, knowing that it could either flop (laughs) or fly. And honestly, I wanted to do something to just acknowledge all students at Norwell. And everybody has a birthday. That's something we all have in common. 
And even when I was Very a classroom true. teacher, we were always celebrating students' successes, um, definitely celebrating their birthdays. But I had an idea and I wanted to try it. And I ran with it, scared to death, but walked into the cafeteria carrying an ice cream, a Dairy Queen ice cream cake and singing at the top of my lungs, very slowly, <laughs> the birthday song. And it captivated the whole cafeteria. And inside, I was still so nervous, but all eyes were on me. And I was like, they're either going to love this or hate it. <laughs> and that started what honestly has become an eight-year tradition. Um, no, I don't sing every time, but it has come with some fun celebrations, some fun announcements, some fun parodies. Um, that's become a tradition except for this year. I couldn't do um, my end of the year parody for a birthday song, but that <laughs> is one thing I soon learned. Wow. These are just, these are like little kids in bigger bodies. Yeah. And kids honestly, love to be recognized. They loved it. Yeah. I said kids love to be recognized and celebrated. Yeah. Yeah, so that's one thing I learned right away. They are just, they are kids in bigger bodies, and, and they still love to be noticed. And that's what we do all the time. Kids want to be seen. They want to be heard. They want to be valued. And that's that's who I feel all of us can be to them. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good, Ked. I uh, appreciate hearing that. And I, I marvel and admire your creativity and your boldness and your courage to walk into a cafeteria and do some of the things that I've seen you do that people have filmed and posted on social media. It's incredible. Now, you were actually telling me a story uh, just before we push the record button about um, an easy way that you have gotten to know kids by showing up at their table and starting conversations in a really awkward way that may be hard for us, most of us, <laughs> but it set you up for some good conversation. Can you share that story now that we're recording? Oh, yeah. Um, I I don't know. Sometimes I've even done this in restaurants, even with random adults, because <laughs> I just love people. And you're going out to eat with family, and um, you go sit down at a table, and you just say, oh, I'm so sorry I'm late. And then you look up, and they are staring at you like, <laughs> who are you? And that's when you put on this facade of, oh, I sat down at the wrong table, but what is your name? And you just start going with it. And that's what I've done early on at school. Um, sometimes I will intentionally address people by the wrong name because I don't know their name, but I will just go up to them and I'll just start talking with them. I'll say, Sarah, tell me how volleyball is going. And she'll be like, uh, my name's not Sarah. And I'm like, oh, have I been calling you Sarah this whole time? And inevitably it's either... Uh, I think this is the first time you talk to me or, <laughs> well, no, normally you haven't called me by my name. Well, what is your name? And honestly, from that point, you just use little quirks and tactics to get to know them. Yeah, that's man. That's so fun. Ked, I want to kind of transition a little bit um, now that we know a little bit of who you are and your personality and talk kind of about what ministry has been like for you and for your team at your in your ministry context, and then maybe even push forward to what does this fall look like? A lot of the things that you just shared and a lot of the things that I know about your ministry take place on campus. Like we, uh, Youth for Christ, we talk about we're an organization that goes where kids are. And there's no place where there are more young people than on a school campus during the day when they're there. And so I know you've spent a lot of time there and we haven't been able to do that. 
So since March, right. when things shut yeah. down. So we've experienced some difficulties and some struggles, and we all have. But for you, maybe personally, before we get to your team, what was the hardest thing for you during this shutdown? I think, Brian, the most difficult thing was just I was I was too focused on what I felt robbed of. Mm. Um, and honestly, this came up in one of our first Zoom meetings as a staff. Because when we were called to the office, I left school on Friday, March 13th, and that was the day we were going to go to the office to find out what we were going to do about the spring break trip. That's the day it was canceled, and little did we know that was our last day. Um, that was my last day at Norwell, and I think the other schools all went on the same schedule. And then, knowing that we weren't going to see the kids until two weeks after spring break, I thought, okay that's when life can go back to normal. And honestly, I think not just for myself, but even some of my adult leaders were getting frustrated. Um, our staff members were a five county um, Youth for Christ staff. And it was probably the beginning of April where someone mentioned they had to get past the morning the morning period of what they couldn't do and had to start focusing on what they could do. And that was a mind shift that I had to, I had to come to grips with because I was really focused on everything I couldn't do. And I was losing sight of the potential and the possibility of what we could do. Yeah. So I think we all kind of walked through that and some of us moved quickly through that. And for some of us, it took way longer. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's natural. I think we all adapt and process things at a different pace and a different speed and even process them differently. So what about for your team, like the, the team of volunteers that you work with? Was that did you have to help them navigate and get past that morning period that, you know, they couldn't be engaged with the kids like they had used they used to be or were they responding differently to this? What we were finding out um most of the time, they're not really able to be in the building on a regular basis. Um, they were used to helping with birthdays, for instance, but primarily because of their jobs, they were present at our Monday night clubs. Um, they were present at breakfast. They would do some appointments. But I think when they were jumping on, when everything was literally shut down, they were jumping on our Zoom campus life meetings. We were utilizing them in breakout rooms, Yeah, but they were getting frustrated too because their Wi-Fi signals were cutting out. <laughs> Some would, they would get kicked off of Zoom and they really wanted to give up. And I completely understand that because there were times I just wanted to throw the towel in, like this is not supposed to be like this, but all in all, I think what kept them going is the fact that they knew we were going to be able to be face to face with these kids and they tried to remain present, but they just, I'm sure they felt like I was feeling too, that it just wasn't quite as effective and efficient as what we're used to. Yeah. So difficulty is one of those things that it, it pushes us out of our comfort zone, right? When we're faced with things that are abnormal, it challenges us. And um, for a long time, you've kind of talked about this. I felt this way at times where you just feel crushed by it. Life is just different. And I don't know how to adapt. I don't know which direction to take my first step. And you feel mm -hmm. kind of crippled by that at times. But um, that same weight and that same challenge can 
force us to innovation too, to try some new things. Definitely. Um, and I know that it pushed you in that direction, maybe after this kind of morning period and this mindset shift. So what were some of the new things that you and your team tried, whether they were, you know, what was, give us one thing that was incredibly successful if there was one and something you <laughs> tried that just totally flopped. You thought this was going to fly and it just flopped because we all have those. Right, right. I think, you know, if I look back in April, the beginning of April, when I thought, okay, suck it up, we're going to have to go with this. Um, beings that it was colder, it stayed, like it got darker earlier in the evening. Um, we were willing to try different things through social media. And I know that that was the connection. Um, but one thing I soon learned, this is not about me. And not that I was egotistically thinking it's all about me, but I soon learned that we are in so much competition with other things that these kids are coming across on their screens. We are just another double tap. We are just another video. We are just another scroll, a swipe, an account. And as much as I wanted to put positivity out there, as much as I wanted to put truth out there, as much as I wanted to engage... I knew that we had to keep things brief in order to keep their attention. Yeah. And I learned that because for one, I had to think, you know, you look at these accounts of these well-known artists and they have, you know, thousands of followers, some in the millions, and they would do these live concerts. And I would look and be like, oh, they don't have near as many people viewing as they have following. Right. And as much as I love their music, as much as I love these artists, I would much rather be in a real life concert. Um, I would tune in to their living room for a little bit and then I would move on. Not that it was anything against them. I just soon had to get that mentality of whatever we put across on a social media platform, whether it's something live or whether it's recorded, to keep it brief, but also to know that there might be one kid that's scrolling and can get one little nugget of truth. And maybe that's something that brought a smile to their face that day. So that was an eye opener for me because I really had to come to grips with, um, don't make it about you kid. Be okay with the fact that you may not have a lot of people fully viewing this, but just know it's for an audience of one and that's Jesus Christ. And he's the one that's going to be working behind the scenes in ways that we can't. And then even my wife and I, honestly, this stretched her out of her comfort zone too. She started to, she started to get kind of stupid and silly with me as well. And we enjoyed doing these little live at five Instagram trivia things with kids <laughs> and to bring on guests and we would like talk with them a little bit and just get a little update from them, see their smile light up, and then we dismiss them and bring on another guest. And honestly, as much we fell out of touch with students, we were desperately trying to still feel in touch with them. Yeah. Yeah, that's good, man. I know that was a challenge. Um, one thing that we, I, I know we've talked about on this podcast before was just the challenge and what we've learned even from taking what we used to do what we know we can do in moving it to an online space. So, you know, an online uh, for, uh, you know, a, a, for a church youth group or for campus life club and trying to do that in an online space um, just didn't work 
as well as we had hoped it would. Yeah, some had right. some great success with it, but most <laughs> did not. So even these little touch points that you're talking about, um, I hear more and more of those kind of success stories online. And I think it's teaching us how to use social media, how to use digital ministry um, to not be the primary focus of what we do, but to enhance the in-person relationships, because now there's more interaction than just sitting across the table at the coffee shop. It's you, There's some fun interaction and touch points, even through social media throughout the week that yeah. really just enhances that conversation. So Definitely, definitely. Ked, last question. You know, I don't want to be the guy that is all doom and gloom about what the future holds for us, because I am hopeful. I am optimistic about what the future holds for ministry, for Youth for Christ, for the church in general, because we're learning a lot through this. But realistically, if, if what we hear is to be believed, there may be another shutdown coming the, mm-hmm, later this mm-hmm. fall or winter when what would be the flu season hits. Um, we were not prepared for it in March. We may not be prepared for it come this winter, but we can maybe be a little bit more prepared based on what we've learned. So how are you and your team maybe more prepared if that were to happen again than you were in March? I kind of look at this little phrase of faith conditioning. Um, You talk with an athlete and what makes them stronger as an athlete. It's not just the fact that they play the game. It's the fact that they condition, they train. Um, it's not just because they love the sport, but they are actually engaged with the sport. They're going to go through everything that possibly needs to be done to come out stronger and come out better. Even if at times they get defeated, they're still going to get up and continue on whether they win or lose because they love the game. They're part of a team and they want to win and become better. And I think that's the same thing with us as a staff Um, Not just Big Jaws, but with the Youth for Christ organization, um, our adult team leaders, we all want to win. And that has been especially challenging during this time to maybe not even see fully what the wins have been. And I think we're still going to learn some things that we have yet to even understand at this point in time. Yeah, I know five, six years ago when I had um, an injury, broke my leg in a couple places and had surgery, it shut me down for a few months during the summer. It just slowed me down. And honestly, I was frustrated. And when I navigated through that and came out, I looked back, I was kind of embarrassed with how I handled the situation. And I told our staff, um, this was probably mid-April, I said, as frustrating as this season is, I want to go through trying to be positive, trying to learn all that I can, because I don't want to come out of it and look back and regret that I didn't do something or that I didn't do enough. So the whole time I've tried to have what I call um, a regardless mentality. I even have a shirt made that's just a black shirt with white letters. It just says regardless dot, dot, dot. And the only reason I wanted that made is that's what I try to live out as a lifestyle of mine. And it's also a conversation piece. Hmm. Regardless lifestyle, regardless of circumstances, try to make the best of it. And earlier this week, I didn't have the best attitude when I knew we had to pull back a little bit. Um, And now we know we're wearing masks and I have to work through all this because I sometimes 
I react and I have to be careful that I don't overreact. So I try with everything through this season, and I think for all of us, can we try to maintain a regardless lifestyle, regardless of circumstance, keep fighting through, regardless of how somebody might treat you, regardless of a student may ignore your call, regardless X, Y, Z, can we continue to love like we're commanded to love, regardless of how others may view us or who's wearing masks. And well, I guess we'll all be wearing masks. <laughs> we should be. <laughs> that's a, right. That's the order. But right? Regardless, can we continue to just shine the light of Jesus? Because that's what we're commanded to do. The outcomes are up to him. We just need to be obedient. Amen. Well, Ked, thank you for joining me today on the podcast. It really has been a pleasure talking with you, learning from you and hearing about your experience. So hope to have you back again soon. Thank you. Thanks again for joining us this week on the Ministry Leader Podcast. Be sure to tune in next week as Ked returns and we have a conversation about how we as youth ministry leaders come alongside students and help them discover identity and purpose at a time when the things that they have searched for their identity and purpose in have been stripped away from them. It's going to be a fantastic conversation. Be sure to tune in. And we've seen those rates and those reviews coming in. So keep those coming. That's been super helpful to get this resource in front of other people who may be interested in listening and learning about how to equip and empower their teams for effective youth ministry. So thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next week. Yeah. I have a feeling. <laughs> That's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm looking for. Get up, get up.